Welcome to the Love Positivism podcast. I'm Shireen Oberg and I'm a yoga teacher and author devoted to the path of healing and heart-based living. And I want to help you to step into what you truly are and to your highest potential. On this podcast, I share with you tools and insights to help you move ever forward on your spiritual and healing path. With guests from all over the world, from different wisdom traditions, I wish to create a web of loving energy that permeates the whole world to create more love and peace. You can connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for more guidance and love. Hi everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. As you know, for the past couple of months I've been releasing less episodes but I'm hoping that throughout the spring I have so many beautiful and magical guests um, lined up and I'm really excited to continue the work of creating these beautiful conversations with wisdom keepers and just beautiful guides and to share the work that so many people are doing to heal ourselves and the world. And I think it's really important that we focus on that when there's so much other things happening in the world. And I'm really, really excited right now because there's been a major ending in my life um, that has been very painful, but also an important path of my journey of of um, just reaching deeper into my core and my soul's path and at the same time a major birthing since this is a time when last year's work of ancestral healing and ancestral wisdom for me have birthed now my healing oracle cards which I have just uh, announced on social media, which also includes today's guest, Apila Colorado, and her powerful presence in this world. And I'm really excited to share the cards with you, my oracle deck, which also has my grandmother in it um, to connect with our ancestors. And Apila holds this beautiful, beautiful presence in these cards of connecting with our dreams. So this week's episode is a truly magical one filled with the mysteries of Chartres. We have Apila Colorado, an inspirational world authority on indigenous wisdom, who works internationally to preserve the wisdom of indigenous elders from around the world. And in her powerful and inspirational book, Woman Between the World, she weaves together an intricate and beautiful insight into the way that indigenous people see the world. We also have with us portrait, landscape and wildlife photographer Veronica Coetzer, who was born and raised in Pretoria, South Africa. And she has been creating art of people dreams for many years and have worked within the worldwide indigenous science network that Apila founded and they have she has also Veronica has worked for seven years in Chartres France and also 
in Egypt assisting in this dream work. And together, these two beautiful women have created Chatre Mystery Prayer Cards, which I'm so excited to use in my work. And they're infused with indigenous wisdom and healing energy. And if you want to check them out, they're in the link in the show notes. And I'm so grateful for this conversation. It's so incredibly healing now as I'm also connecting deeper and deeper into my ancestral lineage. And we get to hear beautiful stories and understand how Chartres in in France, this magical place that holds so much wisdom, how how we can work with that through these cards. And Apila shares um, more about the Gaul people that she descends from. And... She has done amazing work. Uh, She founded this worldwide indigenous science network. And also in 1993, the world's first accredited doctorate program in traditional knowledge at California Institute of Integral Studies. And as I said, she's also in my beautiful Oracle card deck healing Oracle that was created together with amazing artist Lori Mena or Cosmic Collage. I'm so excited to share these with the world as well. And for everyone who pre-orders these cards, get a three-card oracle reading from me for free. And I also want to say that the Chartres Mystery Prayer Cards that Apila has created are so beautiful. If you want to get into a meditative prayer practice, you can use them as a daily prayer uh, and connecting with the images from this sacred space and place is just so magical and I will share more about that also and you can find all of the links to Appeal and Veronica in the show notes and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited to be here with you today and I have Two very, very, very special guests with me today, Apila Colorado and Veronica Coetzer. And we're going to talk about their amazing work that they've done with their beautiful mystery cards and the indigenous work and the ancestral lineages that we've really gotten into now before we start recording. But we're going to start as we did last time with Apila. I'm going to give it to her to do an opening prayer for us. Good morning, Shireen. Good just, morning. Just lighting my cedar here. Mm. The east and the rising sun and the journey of life west to the departure point, to the next world, to the north the great cold winds, the great white bear, to the south, the gentle fawn, embodiment and family, and the linkages, the passion, the fire, the joins. The above world and the world of our own lives within these great directions. We come together today from around the world 
in this virtual fire. We ask for your blessings, ancestors, that what you would like to come out of this conversation and this time, that it comes out in a fluid, beautiful way that touches the hearts and minds of people watching and listening, that the feelings of you who are not speaking but participating can weave with the thoughts and the love that we feel going through us as we come about in this sacred circle and time. May we walk the path of our ancestors and who would not be wise to walk the path so long traveled by them. Um, oh, I know all my relations. Thank you so much, Apila. So beautiful as usual. And I'm so happy to have you both here. And we had a conversation uh, in one of the episodes, me and you, Apila, you had this beautiful book that is so incredible. And I mean, I've been recommending it to everyone to read or to listen, even because just listening to your uh, words was like, it just takes you into the to the journeys that you've been on as a woman between the worlds. And I'm really grateful to have you here to because you're doing so much work in in different ways, as you said, in, in the academic way, but also the spiritual way and your ancestral way. And um, and with you today also Veronica is here. And Veronica is a wildlife landscape and portrait photographer from South Africa. So we're spread out today. Apila is in Hawaii and uh, I'm in Sweden and Veronica is in South Africa. So we're trying to fuse these different energies together. And probably it's most cold here, <laughs> cold and dark, but we can feel the shifts today on this midpoint that we're in this portal that we're in today right we're in between at least here in the northern hemisphere in between the winter solstice and the spring equinox and we can feel it here that it's becoming lighter and lighter and we really appreciate the sun up here because it's we don't have many sun hours in the winter time so how should we start Maybe, Apila, you've been on the podcast before, but we went into a lot from the stories from your book. And now we're going to get into, because you did share uh, your ancestral lineage, maybe you want to share it and, and then how you came into doing this work in France, and which has also led to this beautiful card deck that I'm holding in my hands. Sure. Um, well, I'm Apila. And hello, everyone. Um, I am Oneata Aga, American Indian. That's Oneida in English, people of the everlasting stone. 
then I'm also, I would have said uh, when I was young, well, half French. And now I know I can say that I am half Gaul. And that's the indigenous people of France in Iron and Bronze Age, Celtic people that span the continent, in fact, went all the way to Turkey. Um, as I started researching my French ancestry, um, I, I, through my university work, I'm a professor and I run a nonprofit organization. But as I started researching my French side, I did that because always in American Indian ceremonies, I would feel like I was leaving half of myself at the doorway. And um, as a person of European descent, as well as American Indian descent, I felt a lot of shame about my um, mixed heritage. And I walking through the door, I was both a member of the community and a perpetrator, uh, a colonizer. And I needed to resolve that, the pain of that disconnect. Um, and uh, I, it isn't only just psychologically or intellectually that I came to that understanding. It took about actually two bouts with breast cancer to get me to understand that that part of myself, the white part of myself, was screaming for recognition, but screaming for healing and ancestors waiting to help that hadn't been called on. And it wasn't that I disavowed like my grandmother or any of the people in my family that were French. I simply didn't know how I could connect with that part of myself in a meaningful way. Like just to say, oh, I have French ancestry. Well, that, what do you do with that? Nothing, right? I also noticed from my American Indian side, Aga, and in my young days as a part of the American Indian movement, that the things that we've lost, the ceremonies, the culture, the languages, and most importantly, the ways of sacred power that we possess as human beings, and especially women, those powers were deliberately suppressed and taken away. And I found in our reclamation of our Oneida heritage and ways, we can get that power back. We can get the ceremonies back, right? And the story that we're going to share today, the story about, in this case, it's a card deck, right? But it's not just a card deck. This card deck is an expression of that determination and that fierce love to regain our sacred powers, ceremonies, ways, identity, and to do it now. So I'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Athila. I'm so grateful to have you here with us. And, and also, Veronica, that I haven't had on the podcast or talked to before, but it has been in this co-creation with this beautiful art and images. And Veronica, maybe you want to just introduce yourself also to the 
to the audience and and how you got into all of this as well as a photographer. Um, good morning and thank you for the invitation to be here. It's um it's really wonderful and I'm I'm honored to be here. I've been doing photography since I was about 14 years old and I've always made pictures of what I was thinking and what I was feeling because it was difficult for me to express myself in words. And so when I was about, yeah, in my early 30s, I really had the urge to tell my story, but I had absolutely no words. I never learned to, to actually speak. It's mm. still difficult. So I developed a way of making pictures to express not just my emotions and um and what I think but also my dreams I started making images of my dreams and then I started um telling very specific stories and also stories of other people's lives and um so I think I developed a, a way of or trying lots of different facets of what one think and feel and experience and um what happened was i started dreaming of a place and i had a recurring dream over and over and over again and i could later see this place so clearly um that i could make an artwork of it and i had no idea what it was or where it was in the world and then I was invited to talk and show my work um, in New York. And I went there and I walked into a cathedral and there was, as you say, the, the, the architecture are quite similar in some of these um, cathedrals. I recognized that it was not the same place, but they, that there were aspects of the architecture that I knew looked similar in my dream. So I photographed that. I started putting everything together. I saw a labyrinth somewhere in actually in South Africa, photographed that, put it all together. And I was able to build this dream into a picture. And then when I one day saw an, a, a documentary program on, on Shark, I could immediately recognize that was the place in my dream. And then I had to just do everything in my power to get there. Took me a, took me a few years and then I, I started going there. And since then, I've been going there for, I think it's now 12 years that I've been going there every year. Um, and so I've, I know I've been called there. You know, it was such an intense calling. And what is absolutely amazing for me about my connection with Shark was at first I thought it is just um, this place that is in my heart and part of my soul. I really felt I am home. I still feel when I get there, I am home. And um, and now I every year I create artwork of people's dreams there. So I dreamed myself there and now I create art of people's dreams there. And so when um, Apila and um, China and the team of Wizen came up with this idea to do the deck of cards. 
it was just for me unbelievable because I remember all the invocations Apila did. And when you read them again, it takes you back to that moment. I can see her. I can I can smell the cedar burning. And, and when I hear the words, I start seeing the pictures of, you know, so for instance, this is this is my my favorite card. And if you read it, it is it is just incredible. And it is it is really sort of my deep connection with my roots today, which I never knew I had. And so to discover this year that I'm also from there was just unbelievable. So this is my connection, and that's why I feel so deeply about it. It's amazing. And I want to relate, and I think it's beautiful that you had the dreams that guided you there. And um, because also what we see in also in, in indigenous cultures, the dreams are so important. And I grew up like that. That was like, if you dream something, either it has a meaning or you're meeting someone or something is happening. Like it's, it was a natural way for us to like relate to our dreams. And that's just naturally how like our parents and grandparents talk about it. So it's really interesting. And then that deep longing, because it's interesting. So you, you found your like ancestral lineage and like this really longing the strange thing that I have is that I, I was longing to France as well. And, that, and and I went to the south of France and um, I have something here in the back also, which is Mary Magdalene's candle uh, right behind me from, from uh, Provence. And it's still calling me. So it, I'm not done there. And what I've understood is all these places has been for me like this longing for union and for me that have always felt that connection and it's in my body it's like a divine motherly like sensation that I feel so I can definitely feel like I'm also attracted to Chartres and and this beautiful and that's why I love also my hometown here, this church reminds me that we were just looking at the imagery, very similar um, with the towers and everything. And you you just tapped into a wisdom as well. Maybe we can explain what, what this organization is and, and the things that you've done through the organization for the, this worldwide indigenous people like from all over the world maybe a pila mm. um, uh, the, the nonprofit that i founded in direct worldwide indigenous science network wizen is now 32 years old we work in maybe about five places different places on the globe the purpose of the organization is to support um and to preserve and help renew and continue the indigenous earth-based knowledge that is carried and held by our indigenous elders and healers and shamans. And then how we do it 
is what makes the organization different because how we help that traditional knowledge to continue is by bridging um, the Western scientific way of doing things, the Western way of thinking and being with the indigenous way and not to have uh, expropriation, not to have the Western mind dominate again, but to create uh, a milieu, a place for these two mindsets to come together and to actually heal and think together what to do for the survival of our species and, and our planet. That's in, stated in, in a big way. But in a personal way, what it's about is remembering who we are as people born and created to be in a web of relations and in a flow. Um, the work that we do at Chartres, for example, where these cards came out of, uh, we, we talked in the last interview, Shireen, about how the Chartres dream work just evolved when we were there. And that's what happens at that that place. These sacred natural sites are such because they've had a power humanity's recognized since time immemorial. And generation after generation, people keep coming through the millennia to these places. Why? It's because things happen when we're there. That longing, that desire for union or reunion and connection, it, it happens at these places. So how I got there is um, uh, I was there uh, searching my own French ancestry and a, a beloved friend of mine passed away when I was there. And when I was, I was praying, because I knew the funeral was going on, I looked up and I saw this elder standing there. And I, I will treasure that as that communication all my life. And it was more than just the moment too, because since that time until now, I've come back to Chartres every year. This will be now 19 years in a row. And as a professor, I'm not a person that can just buy a plane ticket and <laughs> on my budget and fly to France every year, but it's happened. And it happened in a really mysterious way. It happened, I'm looking for my French ancestry. I want to be there. And I went to the top of the hill at midnight because I had read uh, a, an old Celtic story about this tradition. So I had a horn that I had, my husband had helped me make. And we, um, I blew the horn, called to the directions. And magic started to happen. What I found out is that I was calling to the ancestors, but what I didn't know is that just a few, just a few weeks, actually it was about two months before we arrived there as a group, um, the world's only ever discovered Gaul ritual set was found uh, near a car park while municipal workers were uh, making some repairs on electrical lines or water lines. And they dug into this cave from the first century that was at the top of the hill right near where McDonald's is now. Um, they dug into this first century cave and they found this complete ritual set. So 
in retrospect, I look back and I say, I was calling to them, but they were actually, in my view, they they were the ancestors of their first. And here was their ritual set, and they're calling us to wake up and to remember and to renew. So with that in mind, <laughs> that inspiration led not only to doing dream work and creating a dream journal, but also doing these Chartres mystery cards. And mm. the purpose of the card, visual on one side and invocation on this side, is to help both hemispheres of our mind be congruent, come into congruency, and to become conscious in our ancestral flow. I'm just mm. thinking since mm. uh, since we're um, talking about this, that I ought to acknowledge Matt Tucker, the sound engineer, because he's on the call, but not speaking. And if it hadn't been for Matt, no one would have recorded these invocations that I've done the past 17 years. We wouldn't have had the cards to do. Um, mm. And there's also even a mystery about doing these cards. It, hold on a minute. I have a major cat fight going on right now. I'm just... <laughs> I was actually going to tell the audience that um, the, the, this card also came up very strong for me as we were connecting to the call. And just right now when I was shuffling, it came back. So, and maybe it's also like a, sign for all of us because what I see on this card is these beautiful symbols from different traditions and um, I see like from different religious traditions and I'm wondering if I can read the the because since it came up maybe it's something that the audience needs to hear if it's okay that I read the, the message of this card it's light lighting this fire we gather to pick up an ancient mantle of indigenous people of the land Shartan masters muslim hindu jew buddhist people who love creation meet in peace on the hill of Chartres. this is our path we circle now to build this fire a fire so clear that the world can see, hear, and feel. Blessings for people who suffer, feel our strength, our sacred power, and move in concordance with life. All my relations. Mm -hmm. So I really love this one. It's so powerful and um, so many symbols and the water. So how did you actually create this imagery? Because it's like layers of images. If, if people are listening to the podcast audio, we have this on YouTube as well. You can see the beautiful layers of images. How is this created? Um, well, I, I create them in Photoshop. And I will use different photographs that I've taken. And some of these... Um, symbols that you see is actually a silk that is hanging in chart when we have our um, week seminar there. It is by um, Genoa, what is her surname, Apila? Panther. Genoa yeah. Panther. 
Yeah, so it is it is her, her silk artwork that is hanging there. And when I heard this um, invocation from Matt's recording, um, I remembered these symbols on the silk. And I photographed the silk. So I went looking for it and I found it. And um, the cedar burning there is a, one of the photographs I took of a pillar burning the cedar. And um, yeah, the, the the landscape I've also photographed. So everything inside here, I actually photographed and I layered it to tell the story. And um, oh, and the two the two ring um, is actually a very special story. I also photographed that, but it was gifted to Apila and um, and Timothy by Pascal. So maybe you must. Tell us a little bit about that, Apila, because I think that is also quite a strong symbol that we need there. Ah. Yes, the, um, the symbols, if you look, you can see there are mm, two rings here and one here. These brass rings were, um, were an exchange. It was a communication, and it was... Uh, a monetary exchange as, as well, it, although it wasn't really thought of as money, but uh, the Gaul people created and used these. So that year that the picture was taken, we had just been gifted with these ancient Gaul rings from um, one of our organizational partners in the south mm -hmm. of France. So the rings also... Um, the, the rings are also associated with one of the major Gaul spirits of creation, Tyrannus, which is the, the voice of thunder. And it's as if these rings, these brass rings are rolling and creating that thunder and generating time and creation. And when Tyrannus comes and the thunders come, it's an announcement, here come the gods, right? So that the appearance of those rings in reality a gift right before Chartres and then when we got to Chartres that year there are massive thunder and lightning storms so much so that the <clears throat> the 13th century monastery that we work out of St. Eve's which, uh, which is made out of the building is stone and the walls are that thick the whole building was shaking so there was no mistaking Amazing. that somehow we had connected with those ancient spirits that we were mm -hmm. longing for and searching for. Wow, that's really powerful. And I'm actually thinking that, because Apila, you did speak a little bit about this in the previous podcast, but maybe for those who are listening today and haven't listened what is the history of the Gaul people? Because obviously it's not something that is widely known because it's, I mean, like any other indigenous uh, uh, culture, sometimes it, it gets lost, um, but it's you're, you're working with your ancestry so strongly. How, what happened to this, the, this people? What was the history? Uh, yeah, um, we're talking the ascendancy of the Gaul people. Uh, 
was in Iron Age and Bronze Age time. The culture lasted for about a thousand years. Um, at its broadest extent was from Anatolia to the British Isles. The Gaul people are known for uh, the love of the North Star, which is connected with Chartres, the Hill of Chartres, and some magical, mysterious ways. And uh, the, the center of Chartres indigenous spirituality was the Hill of Chartres. And of course, if you think about it, back in that time, Europe was so heavily forested that it was said that a human being could walk their entire life and never come to the edge of the forest. Um, so a hill that gives you a vantage point of the nighttime stars and uh, the mysteries of, of faith and of time, that's one of the reasons Chartres was Chartres was so so important. Um, they say that the the Gaul people considered themselves like the Mayan people to be um, well in the literature they say masters of time, but no indigenous person would ever use the word master. That's really colonial. Maybe people who love and have an understanding of time. Um, the main quality of uh, Gaul people is the white blessing. And uh, Matt has Matt has really good accent. He can say the white blessing well. I think it's quite important because today the word white is almost synonymous with horror and genocide and invasion. But the real meaning of the white blessing is the consciousness, our consciousness that dissolves into light. That's the white blessing. And you will find it from Central Asia, where we work with Kyrgyz people, the notion of the Akbat, the white blessing, all the way across Europe. This goes back into time. So the reclamation of white as, as, as a sacred um, entity and dynamic and power, it needs to be reclaimed, not in a nationalistic way, but in a motherly, earth-based way that white blessing wants to be heard again and lived again. So uh, the Gaul people also have believed, and maybe I will believe, about life after life after life, strong belief in reincarnation. The sacred tree is the oak tree. And of course, the oak is a magnificent tree. Some oaks mm -hmm. live to be more than a thousand years old. Um, as well, the oak tree has, the cells are open, so it really conducts energy. And uh, writers have speculated that one reason that the Gaul loved the oak tree, uh, the Drew, is because, Drew as in Druid, um, is because uh, of all the lightning strikes that are, that hit the oak tree. Um, but there's a lot more to it than that. Only only you'll just have to wait for the book we're writing right now on Chartres dream work because I'm going into them I go into the mysteries of the oak tree and to Morgan and and the North Star and all of that is the context for how we got into the Chartres dream how that ceremony presented itself and then the most recent expression 
of that impulse, these cards. Mm. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And it's it's so beautiful to, that uh, just to reconnect with that, um, this old wise tradition and and this chartre this place so it's based in france and this church uh, as i told you i was just reading about it actually the architecture and uh coincidentally a couple of days ago it just appeared in in my course literature um this place where it's built so that's what interests me because also here in Sweden you can see that they have built these churches on very sacred places which probably were other types of uh, ceremonial places and the energy that I feel from this place is a, a, a feminine energy and i'm interested since also the past years and i think we talked about it when we talked last time as well uh this energy of the black madonna and that aspect of the divine feminine is that something that has been felt there and and worked with and how or what is the essence of this place for you uh, uh... Chartres Cathedral is one of maybe the only cathedral. It's uh, there are no people buried there, and it's dedicated to Our Lady. There are other cathedrals dedicated to Our Lady, but this is this is a cathedral where when you come in it, you feel a lightness. Um, they also have the church has an ancient veil that um, is an artifact a relic that dates back to the time of Christ. And they say that this veil was the the veil or the, the shawl of Mary, Mother Mary herself. So when you're in that place, you walk in. And uh, I, the, what is it, two years ago, no, it was right before pandemic, I guess, I went there and uh, a woman, a young woman who works with me came with me and she wasn't raised in a religious way at all. And she walked into the cathedral with me and she tapped my shoulder and she said, I'm crying. And that's the beauty of it. And here I am, this uh, indigenous activist and, you know, had years of um, anger and resentment and everything with the church, which I finally reconciled with. But I walk in and as much as I don't want that church built on the sacred Gaul site, every time I walk in, I'm just moved to tears from the sheer beauty and the uplifting of it. Right. Yeah. And th that's the thing about, um, about, about the major religions of the world most of them lift us up and out which is beautiful but what we need to also remember is the feminine motherly way that pulls us in and holds us like the earth 
right? So we need some balance again. Too much enlightenment and not enough embodiment. That's my own thought. Mm. So true. And, and it's a very important topic and something I spoke to my previous guest with because we were, since I'm studying um, <clears throat> religious history now and, and just especially right now, the church history and Christianity's history and, uh, and just came back from ashram as well. And I was just contemplating as I am definitely devoted to the mother and um, I'm just was contemplating these past couple of weeks why the so many old traditions have been and even in in the church tradition like this giving up on the body and and maybe there can I mean in Sufism you can have this self-annihilation but it's maybe not a not a disembodiment of that sort because there's the balance is lost then because it this manifested body is part of the the creation and so I think that's really interesting what you say and I feel like going into a church is like going into a womb and I was reading today or yesterday in my book that it's like the church was called her before I don't know if they still say it they say mother uh, church yeah yeah and and it was connected with um mother mary and 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 then now I'm studying I'm just it's so interesting that we're speaking about this beautiful uh deck and as I'm studying more the logical stuff that's been happening in Europe with the the whole transformation also why I was just because I wasn't raised in a Christian family um so I never had this insight of the religion or the culture behind it but when I'm studying it now I see also that there was a big shift like 500 years ago and and that she was really lost there because up until a point of time, even here in Sweden, which was Christianized very late compared to many other countries, um, there was these prayers to the the mother of God and all of this. And then that was also lost. So there's like nothing of her left. Um, but it's this, the energy of that feels um, like it's so rooted there, and also France has this amazing history of of Mary Magdalene and that whole lineage. How does that tie together? Is there the has there been a map of these sacred places, and is there a connection and pattern between the places in France? Hmm. Well, I can say from my own experience how I how I returned to Chartres after my uh, initial visit there, which was a gift, is by doing um, um, I was doing leading a tour, a Mary Magdalene tour, and uh, of the sacred sites in France, and we went to the south, and then 
came back north and then ended up at Chartres because we had an extra day. So um, is there a pattern in the south? They say that there's, a, you know, you can make a five-pointed star, which was sacred to the indigenous people there out of the sacred sites in the south. And there's a whole, uh, the Templars, the Knights Templar, have a whole line of cathedrals that are dedicated to Our Lady. I don't know if you line if you actually like look at a map at them of them, what the underlying rationale would be, but it's true what you say about France. There's this feeling of femininity and romance, you know, and now it's become equated with cosmetics and fragrance, you know, but the feeling of that land is it's like a, a young the feeling of a young woman. It's up. It's just scintillating and beautiful, and innocent. Yeah, that's that's really true. And I'm thinking about the five pointed star connected to the 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 pattern of Venus. Is yes, is that right? So it's in her cycles. So it's really connected to everything, and um, it's just interesting how also the 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 press presence of the black madonna is so strong and and been found in so many places around that area as well um but with this um, i'm now i'm thinking about the the this uh, contrast as well uh, that you spoke about and veronica's work that is also connected to the wildlife and this a life and death cycle and all of that. How has that inspired your work, Veronica? Um, well, I think being a wildlife photographer and um, experiencing Mother Nature, it really brought me very close to, um, to Earth and to be grounded. Um, I think there's so many lessons we can learn from nature. And um and when you're in when you're in nature and uh, amongst wildlife and birds, you can actually not script what's going to happen. Um and and what is amazing in these stories that one experience in nature is that there is no religion there is no politics there is no rules and laws and um there's it is just natural instinct and it is um it is just the the way of mother nature and to see and experience um the lessons one learned from from nature has really inspired me all my life. So in most of the art that I do, I use animals and birds and landscapes because it is such a symbolic for me of our existence. And we are so connected actually um, to nature and to and to animals in and everything around us and people don't as Apila say we've been so disconnected that um 
it is just wonderful to to be amongst it and to experience it and to feel it and to use it then in my work so i will i will create an artwork using an eagle and i will have the eagle with the full moon or the eclipse of the moon in its claws bringing it in and it will symbolize a lot of things in our in our lives or in the year or so that's the way that's the way i use it that's amazing and so um, like just incredible how how you can also like it's also a blessing to have that so close and where you are so rich of this uh, wildlife and i mean yeah it's amazing and and the work i'm thinking about the dream work that you've been doing because that's also a big part of the work that you've been doing together right and these um, journeys that you do every year to so you're doing one this year I guess as usual right July 3 through 8 we will be oh, really? and we're celebrating you know every year at Chartres we celebrate one of the seven liberal arts that were that were celebrated there in medieval times and this year it's musica, which is really nice. So there'll be, oh. because music brings together the, the worlds, right? And mm. uh, the actual appearance of the dream ceremony happened at the first musica. And up until that time, because I do invocations at Chartra, uh, people would, you know, catch me in the halls between sessions and they would say, I had this dream last night and in my own life we had the tradition of sharing dreams with each other in the morning and so forth mm. uh, but I, I hadn't I'm I'm not a person that um, studied dreaming you know in university or I don't consider myself an expert in dreaming and it looked it looks in retrospect that that was a blessing because all I knew to do is form a circle and pray like we did when we opened this session and ask people to share and in native american tradition in a circle <clears throat> there are certain uh protocols we follow there's no cross talk and um we sit in silence we start in prayer and we just move around and people share so that's what i did but when musica when the uh when the liberal art musica came in the year four that a woman showed up from germany and she had driven all the way in this vw bug and i saw her in the hall she was carrying a, like a five foot hollow wooden box around with her and i asked her what are you doing and she said oh this is a monochord and i was and i use it in my healing work in germany it's using sound and I had the inspiration to come here, but I don't know why, because I'm not on the agenda. There's no time for it. I'm just here. And, so, and I asked her, well, maybe come in and you can play the monochord to help us open the session. And she did. And it was beautiful because it just brings you right into that dream state of mind again. The other person that showed up was a, a, 
uh, Carlotta Tyler, who does uh, women's organizational development. Feminist women's uh, organizations are um, her interests. And she does something she called um, uh, glyphing or illustrating when, when women's groups and their big groups of people are talking about things going on. She couldn't keep track of all of it. So she would illustrate, graphically illustrate or cartoon them. And from that, it reminded me of our indigenous practice of painting on powerful dreams or incising powerful dreams on stone. So we had the music, then we had the illustrating, then we had the circle, and then the dream work just took off. It's incredible. And I was, as I shared before, the dreams are so important in so many cultures. And it's, for me, it's always been like a, another part of my life but it's uh it's like an adventure that is this like a parallel world to this um and and listening and 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 understanding the signs and everything of that has been something that i've been uh, looking into my whole life because that's how we spoke about dreams and and it's um i think it's incredible how much even in in like um, this paranormal uh, psychology field, they can still say that even if you, let's say you don't believe in any parallel world or the soul journeying or anything, the dream has, dreams have still created uh, innovation in the world. Like things have been created thanks to dreams. People have solved Things. So there's some type of um, download that happens. So I think that's really interesting. And I would love to see if, if uh, both of you have anything else you would like to share that we haven't tapped into. And also, for who is these cards? Like, when or who would really benefit from having these cards because i'm just happy that i have them in my presence <laughs> um like how how can they serve us as an individual but also as a collective the thing is what we learned about chartra you know in in the old days before the rise of the nation state the emergence of capitalism and corporatism, greed and destruction of life on the planet. Before all, all that, um, when we were indigenous people living on the earth, we had shamans or healers that would help us with our connection between the outer and the inner, the worlds, the, dim the dimensions of being. And now, <clears throat> facing the collapse of life on our planet, of human life, and of all other kinds of life, too. As we face the, this, what I see happening to us at Chartres, which I think is, um, I think it's also for, ev for everyone, the message that we're hearing there. And what I'm seeing at Chartres is that now it's time for all of us to be healers and not as not 
individualistically. And in the days when the shamans were the center of the community, people lived in a communal way. People lived in relationship with the earth. Today, we, are, we no longer live that way. We are dissociated. We are fragmented. It's pathological how separate we are. Now what we are learning at Chartres is that not Veronica, not me, not Matthew, who does our sound or anyone else, none of us has become a druidic shaman in the way that it was when the earth was natural. But collectively, something is happening through us. Collectively, we are becoming whole and we're remembering our sacred powers and abilities again. And for people getting these cards, every person that gets <laughs> that gets these cards, or if I can say, or uses the dream journal, our Charter dream journal, when you do that, we are recollectivizing through the auspices of that hill. We are remembering and we're renewing as we do it. Personally, I cannot remember all the ceremonies of my ancestors that I really want to. But when we come together, we're, <laughs> we're able to receive a really big gift of remembrance and renewal. So each person that's working with these cards, you're helping the, the people, the tribe, the indigenous connection with the earth, the sacred feminine, you become a part of the ceremony with us. And the ceremony you're already doing, you come and you offer that to expand and enrich and enlarge what we're doing. So that's how I see it. Beautiful. And Veronica? Uh, you want you're also asking me how one can use these cards and benefit from them yeah and just if you have a last important thing that you want to share that i haven't asked about you can go okay. ahead um i want to actually just share something personal um the last time i've been to shaft in um this previous year I forgot we're already in February. Um, I wanted to go and visit the village where my ancestor came from. And um, I didn't really knew where it was. And two friends were accompanying me there. But um, Timothy, who was also part of Wizen, said to me, Veronica, go there to the trees, speak to your ancestor, tell him that you are here and that you want to go and look for it, for where they came from and that you want to find your, I want to find my roots there and, um, and ask them to wait for you there. So me and Timothy and Susan 
got into a car and we were driving, not really knowing where we're going, not sure of the village. We arrived at a place that I thought might be the right place. And then, but there was not a single person. And it was a quiet, deserted little village. And we met four people in the hours that we spent in this little village. And each of them, before I said anything, um, said my great-grandfather's name. And the one person said to me, he, he woke up and he knew he had to go to the cemetery at the church and wait there. He didn't know what he was waiting for. And when he, I was there, he approached me and he asked me, where am I from? And when I said South Africa, he said, and then he talked about my great-grandfather. And, and he said afterwards, I came and I waited for you. So this is how powerful um, connecting with our ancestors can be. It was a profound, life-changing moment for me. So I think people can also experience that, that through this deck of cards. That's, yeah, that's just incredible. Wow. And how important that is. And sometimes we're, many people are on a journey of, let's say, uh, healing or um, doing any type of, like, feeling that calling or yearning. And then we tend sometimes to get stuck with ourselves, like Apila said, like, it's a very individualistic thing. But when you call on that, which you did, it really can it takes you to a completely different level, like in yourself, in your inner journey and everything that you're trying to do because you're not alone. So, yeah, I'm just so inspired and excited about this for both of you. And um, is there anything else before we close the call? Apila, do you have anything more? Oh, you're muted, I think. Thank you, Shireen. And I've lit my cedar again. Mm. Thanks to our ancestors, all of ours. Each of the participants on this call, I pray that you and your ancestors are close with each other, the sacred path that you're on, that it's illuminated that you might step forward strongly, decisively, and wear the robe, the mantle of the sacred, divine, feminine, masculine, between worlds that you are. May this recording, this conversation today, further the life of our planet, of all the beings, the animals, insects, plants, our own children, our ancestors, the way before us. May there be peace that comes from this walk, this path, peace on this world, in this earth, in this time, 
especially for the people who are suffering in many parts of the world with war and starvation and torture. May these ways of remembrance, may simple things, acts that we do, like decks of cards, dream journals, gathering, may they matter, may we heal, may we remember the great gift of presence on this sacred Mother Earth. Ah, Mama, oh, no. all my relations. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for this talk. And I mean, we could talk for so much longer. There's so many questions, but you're always welcome back. And yeah, thank you so much. And I recommend everyone to check these beautiful cards out. And I will put all the links in the show notes as well for both of you and uh, so everyone can find your work. And uh, if anyone has any questions, you can reach out. And um, yeah, thank you so much again. Thank you so much for being here. And yeah, just feel so blessed to be in your presence. Mm. Um. Thank you so much for listening. And we end this beautiful conversation with uh, a soundscape from sound engineer Matt Tucker who is also in the background of this call who has worked with Chartres Dream Productions for six years now and just listen to these sounds of this beautiful frequency and uh, let it integrate and I hope you enjoyed the episode and if you have any questions, connect with me or Pilar or Veronica and enjoy. Mm -hmm.